This is Stephen McKee. Welcome to Wisdom's Echo. Today I want to talk about the anointing. Do you know, across our world, our planet, it is such a crazy, crazy time right now. In Scotland, there's such a debate, such an uprising against the whole woke culture. Because in our nation, there was a, a man who was um, taken to court and proven guilty for rape. And well, he was in the court case, he decided he was a woman. And because of that, they put him in a woman's prison, a man. And our politicians all get involved. There was an uprising from the people. And our first minister couldn't even answer the question, is this man a man or is it a woman? And she, our first minister, couldn't even answer it. It's resulted in, ultimately, she's had to resign because there was such an uprising. And all across our planet is such an, an uprising of a deep, deep contrast between good, light, and darkness and evil. And even in terms of the possibility of nuclear war and all this woke stuff and cancel culture, we're in such a, an age probably none of us have ever known. And maybe the world's never known. And we need a great anointing to be upon us. Because we can all try and debate, for example, with those who believe in all the woke stuff and transgenderism. You could walk up to that man who is saying he's a woman and you could not convince him that he's not a woman. Like, it's just everywhere. And you could try and debate with those on the left, the liberals, who can they can run rings around you in a way through argument if they're clever, if they're intellectual. And we could try and argue our best case and you would not convince anybody of anything. So we need something more than just debate, something more than apologetic, something more than mere words. Like Paul said, I didn't come to you with the wisdom of men, but in power and demonstration. And Isaiah 6 to 1 verse 1 says, The Spirit of the Lord God was upon me, sorry, is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek, he has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the open of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of the vengeance of our God, to comfort all that mourn. Now, Christ, the Son of God, needed to be anointed. We need to be anointed. We think we don't need anointing. We can just do things in our own way, or our own abilities, our own skills. Our own intellect, we can just be, maybe some people are very good at apologetics and arguing their case. But actually, even though you win an argument, you don't win the person's heart. You don't win their soul. Why? Because you just get their backs up. You just, they begin to hate you more. We need something greater. We need a great anointing to be upon us. And there's five ingredients that are actually in the anointing oil. Now, let me just find it. This is from Exodus 30, verse 22 to 25. And it says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Take the following fine spices, 500 shekels of liquid myrrh, half as much of fragrant cinnamon, 250 shekels of fragrant calamus, 500 shekels of cassia, and all according to the sanctuary shekel and a hint, sorry, not a hint, a hint of olive oil. Make these into a sacred anointing oil, a fragrant blend, the work of a perfumer. It will be the sacred anointing oil. Now, all through the Bible, people were anointed for many different things. To be a king, to be a priest, to be a prophet. 
people were anointed, things, objects were anointed. They were anointed for a purpose. They were anointed so that they were set apart for the work of God. They were set apart for God. The anointing really unlocks the potential within you. I mean, David, for example, he was already called to be king. Before he was even in his mother's womb, he was called to be the king. So the anointing did not make him king. But what it does is it unlocks the potential within him. There came a day when Samuel the prophet was sent by God to anoint David. In other words, it unlocked that potential. It almost sets a clock in motion, saying now you're beginning to be made ready to be that person you were always called to be. And we need the anointing. We need those five ingredients. And the five begin with myrrh. Myrrh is the first oil that's put in the anointing oil that was used to anoint priests, kings and prophets. And myrrh represents death to self. Why does it represent death to self? Because myrrh is what was used on the body of Christ when he died. Now, we, if we want to be anointed, we have got to put to death everything that hinders the anointing. We've got to put to death self-promotion. We've got to put to death sin. We've got to put to death even the good, because sometimes it's a good life. It's our careers. It's maybe like the comfort zone. It's maybe what we do every day. We're not really giving our life over fully yielded vessels to God. So we need to learn to put to death the deeds of the body. Charles Spurgeon says, I have now concentrated all of my prayers into one. And that one prayer is this, that I may die to self and live wholly to him. If we do not die to ourselves, we cannot live to God. And he that does not live to God is dead. That's what Charles Spurgeon says. And now, the olive oil comes from the olive fruit. But when you press the fruit real hard, you won't find oil. Only a white sap. Also, the fruit tastes very bitter. To get the oil, the fruit and the seed have to be crushed by a great weight in an olive press. The crushing also removes the bitterness in the same manner. Now you have maybe gone through a difficult time, a hard time, and you think it's just the devil, it's Satan, and, and maybe it is, but God allows it, remember? God is maybe trying to crush you. Why? Because he's forming Christ in us so that that oil, the anointed one, Christ, that anointing oil gets pressed in us and through us so that it begins to flow out of us. There is no anointing without the crushing. There is no anointing without the olive oil. There's no anointing without dying to self. Galatians 5.16 says, But I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. 2 Timothy 2.21 says, Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from these things, he will be a vessel for honour, sanctified, useful to the master, prepared for every good work. If you want to be prepared for every good work, cleanse yourself. If anyone cleanses himself, now we do it through the blood and we do it through grace. You walk away from that which holds you back, everything that binds you, the anointing breaks the yoke. You need to let the blood cleanse you and you need to let the fire sanctify you. So the first oil is myrrh. The second one is cinnamon, which represents uprightness. Uprightness, the condition of quality of being honourable or honest. There is a general lack of uprightness in these postmodern times, for example. 
Now, Proverbs 14, 2 says, He who walks in his uprightness fears the Lord, but he who is devious in his ways despises him. So uprightness is about doing that which is right when nobody's looking. It's easy to do that which is right when people are looking because we've got a perception that people have of us and we want to keep up that look. We want to look good in front of people. But what do you do when nobody's looking? When there's no platform, when you're just alone, are you willing to walk upright before God? When only God sees you, when there's not an audience, when there's not a platform, what do you do? Will you do the right thing? Will you be upright? If you want to be anointed, first of all, you need to die to self. You need the myrrh. And secondly, you need the cinnamon. You need to walk in uprightness. You need to fear the Lord. And Proverbs 14, 2 says, He who walks in uprightness fears the Lord, but he who is devious in his ways despises him. If we don't fear the Lord, then we despise him. But if we do fear him and walk in uprightness, that's the second ingredient. That's the beginning of wisdom. And it's also the second oil that we need for the anointing. Now, the third one is calamus. I'm just looking at the time here which is humility. And I love this from Andrew Murray. He says, Here is the path to the higher life. Down, lower down, just as water always seeks and fills the lowest place. So the moment the moment God finds men abased and empty, his glory and power flow in to exalt and to bless. We need to walk in great humility if we want to be anointed like Christ. And Philippians 2 Verse 3 says, Be free from pride-filled opinions, for they will only harm your cherished unity. Don't allow self-promotion to hide in your hearts, but in authentic humility put others first and view others as more important than yourself. And may Christ be your example. He humbled himself and became vulnerable, choosing to be revealed as a man and was obedient. He was obedient even unto death. He chose to be crucified. He was humble. Now we've got to allow God to check our hearts if we want to be anointed. Are we free from pride-filled opinions? Do we allow self-promotion to hide in our heart? If we do, we need to get rid of it. And we need to allow the fourth oil, which is cassia, which is connected to cleansing, inner cleansing. Why? Because cassia is a laxative. Inner cleansing, we need the fire. We need the flame to burn within us. Just even now, ask for the fire, ask for the flame. Smith Wigglesworth says, and I quote this a lot, the Holy Ghost is a great assimilation to the whole body. When he comes in, you will feel fire going through your body. You feel a burning of all inward corruption. A burning of all inward corruption. Lord, I ask for the fire for those listening. I ask for the fire from myself of the burning of all inward corruption so that there's no more hindrances, so that we can carry the anointing for our generation, so that we can turn villages and cities and towns upside down. And Madame Guillaume says the purpose of the fire is to prepare us for holy union. Holy union. And number five, the fifth ingredient for the holy anointing oil that they used in the Bible is olive oil. Olive oil represents being soaked in the Spirit, like the day of Pentecost. It says the day of Pentecost was being fulfilled. All the disciples were gathered in one place. Suddenly they heard the sound of a violent blast of wind rushing into the house from from out of the heavenly realm. The roar of the wind was so overpowering, it was all anyone could bear. Then all at once a pillar of fire appeared before their eyes. It separated into tongues of fire that engulfed each one of them. They were all filled 
and equipped with the Holy Spirit. We need to be filled. We need to be saturated in the Spirit. I sought God for nine months, and one day the power and presence and glory filled my room. It was like electric rain, and I, my, my hair was actually buzzing. My whole body was buzzing. Every cell was filled. And I actually had to close my eyes because it was raining in my eyes because the glory came, the power came. That realm of God came, saturation of God came. And this happened to John G. Lake. All through his life, people kept telling him, you've been, you've got it all, you've got it all. And he said, I've not, I've not. Even after he could, he could pray for the sick, he saw healing, he saw many different things. Until one day a cloud came, he said. He said that he was engulfed in the cloud. He said it was habitation. It was, his soul was satisfied. He said this presence came and remained. And he said it was after this cloud came that he became a Christ man. And it was after that he could put the bubonic plague on his hand and under a microscope they could watch the plague die. It was after he was saturated in the olive oil, the presence. And if we want to be anointed, we need to be saturated in that olive oil. We need those five ingredients. We need to be dead to self. We need the fire. We need the inward cleansing. We need to be saturated. We need to walk up rightly, and even when nobody's watching, and we need that deep, deep humility. Lower still to the lowest place where the river will flow. God, when he finds a man abased like that, will come and fill that man. He opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. D.L. Moody says, there is no use running before you are sent. There is no use in attempting to do God's work without God's power. A man without, a man working without this unction, a man working without this anointing, a man working without the Holy Ghost upon him is losing time after time. And Dale Moody again says, I believe this is a mistake a great many of us are making. We are trying to do God's work with the grace God gave us 10 years ago. We say, if it is necessary, we will go on with the same grace now. What we want is a fresh supply, a fresh anointing, a fresh power. And if we seek it and seek it with all our hearts, we will obtain it. Friends, we need this anointing. We need a, to be soaked in the presence. We need to die to our ways. God is looking for men and women. He's looking for you to yield, to surrender fully, to soak in the presence, to find time in the secret place until he soaks you, until he cleanses you, until the fire burns up all inward corruption. Humble yourself before God so that he can find a generation. He can find a generation to anoint. Every generation has had one or two or three people or a group of people somewhere who got anointed, who were anointed, who sought God. And that generation released something for their day. Whether it was the early Pentecostal movement, whether it was Smith Wigglesworth, whether it was Reese Hills, or whether it was in Azusa Street or the Welsh Revival, Evan Roberts, God found a man or the two old ladies in the Earl of Lewis. God found a man or a woman or whoever it might have been, even children, that he could anoint. God wants to anoint you. Just ask him to anoint you. Apply these five ingredients, these five oils so that he can anoint you for the purpose he's designed you you are born with a purpose find your purpose and then seek to be anointed this is Stephen McKee and this is Wisdom's Echo